1: happy friday everybody today is october 6 2023 we are officially almost a week into the new bow season of 2023 i am your host aaron blasey and with me as always mr dj riley what's going on buddy
2: not much buddy it's a it's another friday and like you said you you, you made a good point right there that it's it's hard to believe that we're almost a week into you know archery season you know a time that we all wait so long for but i tell you what you know here we are on friday and i think this you know the july temperatures have finally broke here on opening week and i know everyone can look at the weather and everyone can see it but boy does this uh does this change in this weekend's weather look pretty good if you're a bow hunter
1: yeah you know as you guys listen to this, if you're listening to it on Friday morning as it drops, I am heading north to the Michigan the the public land camp that we did last year with Kevin Vestison, uh, with the Deer Hunter podcast. I wasn't gonna go this year, but we had some schedule changing, and I've got to go up there for a night to film um, and have camp with those guys. So that's gonna be fun. But I am I am truck is pointed north, and we are we're rolling. And the and the cool thing about it is though, I'd be I'd be a little pissy pants if I didn't kill something before because I I wouldn't want to leave. Like I'm so happy that you know the stars aligned opening night and I could get no go down. And if you guys haven't listened to that podcast, go back. Uh, on Tuesday we dropped that and the and the podcast is called "When a Plan Comes Together." Unbelievable story. I'm still cloud nine, man. I I uh, I'm super excited about that, and I'm also excited to. See a smile on your face, buddy, and that's all I'm gonna say. You just, uh, just got a big smile. I like
2: that. <laughs> well, you, you should be on cloud nine, buddy. You know, is because if you actually think about, you know, opening week, but let alone opening day of bow season, you know, all the off season work that we put into you know a lot of times you know we may sit here and say well this is early season spot or this is a spot or late season and there's always planning that go into it but if you think of the single-handedly the day that probably you think about more than anything is probably opening day and it's not because maybe it's your favorite day or it's going to be the best day but we have that whole off season with october one circled and we put so much into it i mean anyone listening you can go back and listen to your story about no go you can go back listen to the podcast we did with uh, you know Corey godar about opening day like we put a lot a lot of into it and i'm not saying we don't put a lot of stock into all the other days because we do but it's like boy opening day gets a lot of attention so when it all comes together like it did for you buddy on opening day it's 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 special, man. Because like that is it's so strategic. It's such yeah. a planned hunt. You know what I mean? Where in the back of your mind, you're you're playing out what the perfect scenario would look like, and to put yourself in that position and to capitalize on it, dude. You you should be on cloud nine all October, in my opinion.
1: Well, you know, um, I'm just gonna forecast something. I, I got a feeling that that something's going to happen and we're going to have another good podcast to drop next week. Just going to forecast it, just going to foreshadow. I'm I'm going to kind of call the shot and see see what happens because the reason being is the weather is getting right. The mm-hmm. weather's getting right for everybody out there. We're still in the red moon right now for another day or two, I believe. But if you're a, a moon believer and the reason why I talk about that is because I've recently just kind of looked at all the stats that I've done, you know, with in my, in my hunting, you know, all my kills and, you know, they always say to what I've heard is like plus or minus a day for the red moon. I technically killed the day before red moon, but uh, I, I almost put that in the red moon as well. So, I mean, another notch in that belt there, but I will say not only the moon, but the weather. I mean, we've had almost a 30 degree temp drop it's raining uh it's it's kind of that wet like fall feel you know what i mean and uh if anybody has listened to this podcast for any length of time they know that i love to hunt after a rain in october and any front in october man is gold get out there get after it this weekend and good luck to everybody out there because some stuff is gonna die if you got your seat or your ass in a seat
2: Mm -hmm. you know in that's that's the equation, right? There, we're always kind of looking for like the equation of what gets a big deer to move, and a lot of times I'll, I'll just take a plus one in in my corner, whether it be the weather or my plus one is the moon or my plus one is the date on the calendar. But if all of a sudden I can can get one plus one, and it may be a third one like one plus one plus one, like we're putting a you know uh, an equation together here to make it a big deer get on its feet and today as people are listening to this podcast if you look at the weather in Michigan we just came off of 80 degree weather for four days it rained yesterday and then we got a big temp drop today and that sun comes out I mean this is today guys if you can go hunting tonight it is the perfect recipe at least here in Michigan where we're from it is the perfect recipe to go kill an early October buck here.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's going to, that's gonna, well, not October, but early season buck, that's going to roll into today's podcast. So let's get into a little bit of what today's podcast is. My good friend, your good friend, Tyler Bentley, he came up to the house not too long ago, and we break down his North Dakota buck that he shot. Um, it was a stud. Is a slammer. He so Tyler Bentley runs the Rise Hunt on uh, YouTube, Carbon TV, all that stuff, and we've come up with an idea. He he does seven. I think it's seven segments for the year. So what they do is they film all their stuff, and then they drop one segment, two segment, three, you know, so on and so forth. We're gonna couple it with a behind the scenes look. So he dropped his first episode last Sunday. And we were gonna drop this on Tuesday, but then I end up killing my buck, so it kind of moved this to the end of the week. But we're doing a collab and uh, he's gonna come up here every week and then with his team, he's got a couple other guys that you've heard on this podcast, Nick Cohealy, Michael Vasquez, and Isaiah Wyman. And whatever happens in those segments, we're gonna break those down. And you guys can literally live, basically semi live follow their season as well, because those guys, they're going after a lot of good deer. They're traveling all over the country and they do things on a high level. So this new series is going to be called the rise and fall of Bowhunting." So their, their brand is called the rise. Ours is the fall. So we're kind of play on words there. So we're going to drop a, drop a, you know, this podcast basically for after every segment they do. And I think it's going to be pretty cool. This episode came out really good. You weren't actually on this one. Tyler came up here. You had some obligations to do, which is, you know, totally good. And, uh, but him and I get in here and, and we talk about the whole story and it's really cool because he killed a really big deer last year in North Dakota and then goes back and kills another slammer. And, uh, he's just got a recipe that works out there, man. And, uh, a little envious of it. I'm not going to lie.
2: Yeah. You know, when I, when I think of, of Tyler, I think of a top notch human being, right? But when I think of their team as a whole one, we've talked about this a lot. You know, a bunch of Michigan guys, so it kind of tugs at the heart a little bit. It 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 hits a little bit different, but I think of a guy, like I said, a a super good human, but like a guy that does top notch work. And I and I tell you what, and it's not the fact like I didn't really know this kind of stuff, but like the more I've got to know you, and then uh, like the more I got to know a guy like Tyler and the guys over at Latitude. Dude, I have my respect for people that are hunting and getting it done, but then also doing it like on a on a really high end production level. Dude, you you, I tip my hat to you guys, and I think about that with Tyler, right? But I I what I love so much about the idea of the rise and the fall of bull hunting is I'm I'm I'd almost be ninety nine percent positive that as much as good as storytelling that Tyler does and is his creativity with the camera, I bet you we can still pull a lot out of him that he doesn't actually get to tell on the camera. You know, in in his 20-minute segments that you may see and watch would be awesome, we can bring him on for 60 minutes and take you, you know, take you down the road of the stuff you didn't get to see because it just didn't make the cut. Or maybe the camera just wasn't rolling at that time. So I, I really, I, I'm the, I'm the type of guy that loves the behind the scenes stuff. So this was, this was right up my alley when you, uh, when you told me about it.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. That is, that is the gist of this. Like what we're gonna get into on this series is the behind the scenes stuff, the stuff at camp, the, the beers that were drank, the, the laughs that were had. But also, we're gonna get into the nitty gritty of like how a hunt broke down or something like that, you know, <clears throat> and maybe even some production because like you said, Tyler's very, very, uh, he's very passionate about production and he does, he self films basically everything. And he does it at probably the highest level of anybody I know, really. Like when I think of a standard, like he's one that comes to mind on a, on a self filming whitetail hunt where he does just he makes it look so seamless that it, it's almost like somebody is behind a shoulder filming. Like he almost makes it look like somebody's there with him. So yeah. that's, what's really cool about it.
2: Yeah. I tell you, you know, with me just kind of starting to self film over the last, you know, season, the one thing that I pick up from Tyler that it's super noticeable for me. And it's something that like, when I notice it, I'm like, Hey, that's, that could be something that I work on is even let's, say it's just even his Instagram stories when you watch something in the way that clips about the end he's already thinking about that next clip down the road like you can see how he he finishes something where he's already like I'm gonna cut I'm I'm filming this because I already know that the next you know shot or footage is gonna look like this you you can see that in him where it's like okay I like that I like it a lot you know yeah
1: it is good so, yeah, that that that's going to be today's episode. I want to get into a couple things here real quick before we do jump over to this interview, but uh first and foremost, our website fallpodcast.com, go there guys and uh buy some hats, buy some shirts, hoodies. Uh please do that. Like I said, fallpodcast.com. Uh next, Latitude Outdoors, leaders in the mobile hunting game in my opinion. There is nothing better out there. We're both running the method 2 saddles and I want to I want to let everybody know too if you're a bigger guy or gal or anything and you want to get into this or, you know, don't really know what size we wear a regular, you know, we have XL saddles as well. So check out the XL sizes and those will accommodate you just as good as, you know, a regular on a smaller human. So uh, use the code the fall podcast to save some money at latitudeoutdoors.com. Next is Helix Broadheads. I mean, firsthand experience on, you know, I want to, I got to count. I think it was my seventh deer I've killed with them, but the third I've killed with the FJ4, dude, blood trail. Oh, let me say something here. Last night, my good friend, Zach Block, killed a slammer here in Michigan, okay? And he shot it with an FJ4. I went on the track with him. I'm going to go and do the podcast on the story because he's got a lot of history with this deer. And he filmed it too. He self-filmed the hunt. Dude, best FJ4 Helix blood trail I've seen. Literally walking blood for, I got to ask him how far it went. If I had to guess 60 yards Mm -hmm. and like, dude, great blood trail. It was nice. awesome. And I want I want him, it's the second deer he's killed with one. I want him to talk about it. So he killed a slammer, shout out to him. But guys, the FJ4s, really good broadhead. If you guys want to save some money on those or even check them out, use the code FALLHX10 to uh, get your hands on some of those. Next, Exodus Outdoor Gear. Use the five-year no BS warranty with theft and damage coverage on the rival and the render from exodusoutdoorgear.com. Use the code TF to save some money. I'm going to stop real quick because <clears throat> I just want to let everybody know that I'm still coughing. And this is almost six weeks in. This is getting ridiculous. And I have to hit mute every time. And it's ridiculous. So if you guys hear me stumbling over my words, it's because I got a cough. Why don't,
2: uh, why, don't, anyway. hey, why don't you buy one of those cough silencers people use for hunting?
1: Yeah, I'll get the Acorn <laughs> cruncher too. So when I know I got a cough, just go crunch, crunch, crunch as I'm coughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's only down you, to it's only down to like one cough like a uh, you yeah. know so we're getting there it'll be here end of november watch when we're going to kansas like first in november it'll be like full-fledged you know
2: you know, you know what we should have done we should have bought you a clicker for every time you you ate a cough drop and to see what you end up at after oh six my weeks. gosh
1: i'm four bags in right now yeah <laughs> surprise i got teeth in my head that could be rotting out Um, I get the sugar-free ones though. So anyway, next Garmin. Now, I mean, you know, I do want to get David's thoughts on it, but we can't do that right now. But my thoughts on it are great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We'll get David's thoughts on those, uh, rather soon. Um, Garmin, if you guys want to try out a new site, the A1, the A1i or the A1i Pro, we shoot the pros. I've said it. A million times, guys. These things they build confidence. They slow the moment down in the moment of truth, and they just flat out work really well. And there's nothing else I can really say about them. If you guys want to try them out, go to Garmin.com. You know, and check out all their stuff there. But also, you can go to YouTube, check out you know any videos on there. Go to your local Garmin dealer and say, hey, I want to try this out. Um, and just hold it, get it in your hand, and and play with it a little bit. That's the best thing I can say for it. You guys won't be disappointed with that. So uh, Buck Bourbon is next. The Distiller's Cut, I finally got to use it on my deer. I used every piece of it. I used the gut hook. I used the caping knife today, actually. Yesterday, actually, sorry. Um, I used the uh, saw. I didn't use the flashlight, but I used the pelvic saw, and I used the uh, other knife that I'm going to call the gut knife. Because there's two different knives in there. One I call the Caper, the other one I call the Gut Knife. But and the Gutting Gloves, I'm bougie. Got to have Gut Gloves. Got to, mm-hmm. you know, can't have that blood everywhere. But telling you guys, this Distiller's Cut Knife Set. Use the code TFP20 to save some money on it and get it coming right now. Because I was pleasantly surprised. Like I, it was a great little combo and everything goes in one sheaf right there, back in the pack, and we're good to go. I like it. Check them out at uh, BuckBourbon.com. Um, last two prime the revx 2 is probably not probably it is I'm going to be that guy right now but it is i mean up there with the top bow that i've ever shot i mean mm-hmm. it we're neck and neck here uh i just i can't say enough about how it holds at full draw the the smooth draw cycle and the light compactness of it i just really like it and being a Michigan company really, you know, hits home. So I really like that. But if you guys are looking for a new bow um, or thinking about it for next year, start looking into the G5 Prime line uh, at G5Prime.com or go to a local dealer. There's Prime has a ton of dealers around. Um, just go and and try one out, shoot one, and I I bet you you're gonna be like, man, I never thought I would ever pick one of these up, but now I'm glad I did. So uh, definitely check those out. So lastly. Certainly not least, America's best bowstrings. Use the code THEFALL to save some money on a premium, platinum, or a Pursuit Series string. So there it is. Lights can stay on for another couple days. Do you have anything to end with before we get into this interview with Tyler?
2: No, man. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's always, you know, as much as I love being on this podcast, you know, every once in a while when, when I can't be on them, I'm kind of anxious to listen to them, you know, and in the in-person ones, you know, Tyler came up to your, came up to the studio there to record. I, those, those conversations are so great, but I'm looking forward to uh, kicking this new series off with the, you know, the boys over at the rise.
1: For sure, man. All right, guys, thank you for all the support, all the downloads, leave a five-star rating, go and leave a written view review, go to Spotify, do the same thing. And uh, here is this interview with Tyler Bentley. All right, we're back. We are uh we are live in studio with one of my good friends, Tyler Bentley. Hasn't been on in a while, man. We we threw some shade on you. Yeah. Uh, one episode we did. It was me, Nick, and Mike, uh and my deer camp. And you weren't able to make it up for that one, so we threw some shade on. You. But now the floor is yours. You can have you can throw whatever jabs you want at us. And uh we can't really de- oh, I can defend myself, but
3: uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is redemption for sure. You guys are in trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah, so Tyler was He just, uh, got off a really good hunt and saw North Dakota, North Dakota. Yep. Shot a really good deer. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But, uh, just came up to the house. You're going to be filming Mike tonight, I think, right? Yeah. Yep. You're going to be filming Mike and, um, Michael lives real close to me. So. You guys are going to go out and try to get after some of his deer, but uh, I'm glad you
3: were able to come up here and we could do this, man. Yeah, for sure, man. I only get an invite once a year, so I figured out- Oh, geez, here (laughs) we go. (laughs) I'm just kidding, but-
1: Well, once a year, I will say, as we're recording this, a year ago yesterday, we recorded the episode for your giant that you killed in North Dakota. Crazy. So it's like, this is just a reoccurring thing. I think we should just do it every- end of september
3: just put it on the books for next year give
1: or take one we day. better not do that because it might it might uh you know jinx you for next true.
3: year <laughs> true very true <laughs> no for sure man i'm excited to be here thanks for having me up yeah anytime man it, and the thing is with you know we live just far enough
1: apart from each other where it's really still not that easy it's
3: a it, just far enough to be a pain in the ass to exactly to, be, <laughs> to yeah. meet up
1: yeah and you know you and I both like doing these in, in face-to-face if we can. Honestly, yeah. you're probably, I have to go back and look, but you're probably the only guest that's been on reoccurring face-to-face guests, yeah. really.
3: I enjoy podcasting face-to-face. Like the, the online <laughs> stuff, obviously you know this, but it's it's you don't get that one-on-one. Like we right. just sat down and watched the hunt, and mm-hmm. you get to sit here, and it's just better.
1: Yeah, it, that is true. I mean, Tyler, uh, so anybody that's new to the podcast and doesn't know Tyler, uh, why don't you first explain who you are a little bit, the Rise Hunt, do all that, just to kind of get everybody up to speed, because we did watch the hunt from North Dakota, and it will be going live on segment one. Um, are you going to drop the date on this? Yeah, yep, October 1st. Okay, so actually, this will go live on Tuesday, so it'll already be live. It's going, as we're recording, It's it's Thursday today. It's going to go live on Sunday, October 1st, so this is going to drop on Tuesday, so it is already live. Go check it out.
3: Perfect. That's kind of what I was thinking too. If we recorded today, goes live October 1st, October 2nd, podcast goes live. Uh, People get on here, listen to the story, listen to (coughs) us BSing and stuff. Maybe they'll want to go and check the video out. So, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm Tyler Bentley from Central Michigan, hour away from you, Mm -hmm. uh, founder of The Rise Hunt. It's a Christian-based bow hunting series. We've been doing this since 2014. Been doing it a long time. And um, our bread and butter is our segment series. So we do a semi-live uh, biweekly weekly se- segment series throughout the the fall. Every two weeks, we drop a new video. Uh, myself, um, Nick Cohealy, Michael Vasquez, Isaiah Wyman. There's uh, four of us. We're all from Michigan and we show our mistakes, our ups and our downs. Uh, more mistakes than ups, more downs than mm-hmm. ups, it seems like lately, but yep. um, we're transparent. I know a lot of people say that, but We mess a lot of shit up and we show it and it's just um i don't know it's It's part of it man it's interesting and um yeah like i said check it out it's the rise hunt we're on carbon tv youtube um social media all that good stuff. so
1: where would you direct them to if they wanted because it's already live so today if you're listening to this it's a really good hunt and the production value is second to none these guys
3: do an unbelievable job in the production value so where would you direct them? You want them YouTube? Do you want them Carbon? Where do you want? Them? I mean Carbon is definitely where we push the content, but a lot of people don't have the app. So mm-hmm. y- YouTube is probably the easiest way to watch it, but if you're on an actual television in your home, Apple TV or something, download the Carbon TV app, check yeah. it out on there. Cool. And
1: it's it's a really good hunt. I got to see a sneak peek first before anybody else has. So it's yeah. uh it's really
3: cool. You got the early premiere. I like it. Early access. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the it's like the
1: um uh, what do they call it? The uh something like the critics cut or something pre, like that pre, where,
3: pre-screening or something or yeah, whatever you yeah. want to call it yeah that's cool it's a terrible hunt don't watch it don't. no i'm kidding i <laughs> <laughs> oh there was something out of focus it was a little frustrating but
1: that's what happens when you do autofocus so like it's tough when you're self-filming you gotta you almost have to do autofocus especially when you're recording with a dslr which we're right you know we both do so You know, autofocus is the best, but you had that one limb in the way and it was, the deer was in focus right before the shot. It flips over to that branch and it's like, you just sit and I'm like,
2: Oh,
3: the frustrating part too, is you can see the GoPro angle. So you can see wide what's happening. I'm self-filming the hunt. There's a, you know, a stud deer right there. And before I go full draw, I tap it. I'm like, all right, he's, he's clear. You know, I get the bow in hand. I take my hand off the bow again double check. I'm like, dude, so I tapped the screen twice. You said, you said you could even see the square on the deer. Yep. And I'm like, all right, it's good. You know, I'm looking at the screen. And if you really like, I played them side by side, I'm looking at the camera. I draw, I'm more worried about the camera. And I'm like, as soon as I take my eyes off the camera, it switches focus. I'm like, you've got to (laughs) be kidding me, dude. If you were better at production, you would let down. You'd refocus. (laughs) Nope. Send it.
1: No. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't even have got the deer on camera. They would have just been like, oh, we're killing the deer. So- Kudos to you to still get them in camera and everything.
3: Yeah, it's I, I get shit for that too. People are like, "Oh, you're dilly dallying with that camera when that deer's at five yards." Like you've seen the deer. Like there was yeah. lots of time to kill that deer, just like last year. That's gonna bite me in the butt one day. I know it will. Yep, for sure. But uh, no, it's just uh, a level of commitment <clears throat> to trying to get the shot on film, trying to take the viewer along with the story, and and, and just doing the best we can. Yeah,
1: and you're doing a hell of a job, man. It's. I hats off to you. I respect the hell out of what you do and your, all the work, the hard work you put in and everything. And I'm just waiting for my invite
3: to go on this hunt. Dude, It's right, all next year, let's go. <laughs> let's go, dude. I want, I w- I want I, you out there. You'd have a blast.
1: I hope I can go. I, you know, I wish I could put it in the books right now, but there's a good chance that I could draw Iowa next year. So that'll be my big one. Me, me too. Next,
3: next year in Iowa. Yeah. How hey. many
1: points do you have right now? Five. Oh yeah, I still draw. I have four right now. So okay, I actually had a buddy this year that had four that did not draw the same zone that I was trying to go to.
3: Really? Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna have a talk about that because I wanna I wanna get with you on where you're going. I wanna be in that that vicinity of that (laughs) thing right there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm uh, hoping to be maybe in the same tree as I was in that when that happened in nineteen. So yeah, no, we'll we'll talk about that because uh, you know I hunted. I stayed with Chad. I had Chad on the podcast not, not too long ago, Chad Johnson from Midwest Antler Company. If you guys are looking for a place to go, if you have enough points in Iowa and you want to do the outfitter route or anything like that, Chad is second to none. Uh, he is, he knows deer. Go back and listen to that podcast I did. I think it was the end of July I did it. He's just a super nice dude and he's got the deer. He knows deer. He's a straight up killer. We talk about in the podcast how many big deer he's killed in the past. Oh my gosh. Yeah. he's. He's seen more 200s in his lifetime than the, uh, like, I don't know. I don't even, he's seen more 200s than probably bucks I've killed, honestly. He, that's I asked crazy. him that on the podcast. I go, how many 200s have you seen? Like, even just driving around, hunting, like, just tally him all up. And he's like, oh, man, a lot. He's like, I've seen a lot. And no I'm way. Like, yeah. And uh, I, I mean, is 20 a lot? Is 30 a lot? I, that's a lot.
3: I don't know. It's a lot. I would say five is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Five two hundred. Any amount of two hundreds is a lot of Man. a lot of two hundreds. No, I listened to that podcast and I went and followed their page and that yeah. podcast was cool. He seemed like a really good guy. Good dude. What good. was what was he saying? That the deer outnumber the people or something? Yep. Yeah,
1: where he hunts or where he lives, the deer outnumber the people, and I, yeah. it's a hundred percent true. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to live there. Well, I, I'm gonna hopefully go back there and hunt this year. So. Nice, me too. Yeah, we should go because <laughs> I have my spot already saved for next year. As long as I draw, so really, we might as well just do a package deal and just go, dude. That'd be sick. Yeah. So let's let's get a little bit into this this North Dakota deal. And so you've been going three
3: years now, right? Uh, yes. Yep. From, for myself three years now. Yep. Um, I went, I went to North Dakota like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but other than that it was, yeah, the last three years I've been actively going and hunting for myself. Yep. So the first year you did not kill? Did not. You or Nick did not kill? Nope. We didn't. And we did two trips that year. We went out and did a bait trip, scout trip, drove all the way out there. And, uh, went out there, boots on the ground. We're like, all right, let's figure this area out, drop a bunch of pins. Um, you know, do as much cyber scouting as we can and then see it in person, drive to these spots. Nick and I are crazy about that. We hunt out of state so much. We just drop 60 pins and and drive to them all. Like cross these 30 off. Okay. Mm. These 10 are good. And our first year out there, that's exactly what we did. And we got into some bucks, some pretty good bucks, but we're, we're unable to, to arrow one. That. I'm
1: sure that was like a learning curve, too, of like, okay, they're actually betting in these little sloughs and because and, it's barren ground out there for a lot of it, right?
3: It It's odd. It's a really weird feeling if you guys have never been to North Dakota or anybody's ever not been out there. My first year out there, I remember being like, there's no deer here, like sitting up in a tree, just yeah. being like, I just wasted my money. I just drove all the way here. soon as the sun comes down and breaks the trees deer just start standing up everywhere you're like oh shit they're everywhere like (laughs) i just walked through them all to get to
1: the tree (laughs) i did there's
3: six between me and the truck so how's that possible yeah so yeah
1: that's crazy so that was a big learning curve and and you know what was the biggest eye opener going into like year two from year one like that you need you know driving out there for year two like what did you know that you needed to change or do differently
3: um <clears throat> Probably one of the biggest things which you know is weather's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, early season weather fronts were just fire. So it's like, I said it in that segment was uh, we noticed <clears throat> Sorry, man, I'm coughing. Oh, you and me both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so the first year we noticed, the opportunities we did have, or the closest thing, to opportunities were around those weather fronts. when it either got cold or switched out of the east and it'd start raining. As soon as it was done, we we were like, "Wow, we've seen shooter bucks." It wasn't a coincidence that we both seen them around those weather fronts. Okay. So going into the second year, we're like, "All right, when's these? When are these weather fronts hitting?" Like we have to be in our best spot and our best odds. Like do everything we can to be in the chips on a cold weather day. So would that? Would you before you went out there? Would you look at
1: the weather and be like, "Well"? We want to be there for the opener, but if the weather's not hitting right, would you not go out there at that time? Or would you just be like, no, we got to be there for the opener regardless?
0: Mm.
3: No, I think we were going to be there for the, we- uh, the opener regardless, but I think where we would have hunted would have slightly changed, changed a yeah. little bit. Um, it's just, it just so happened last year and this year in 22 and 23, the cold weather was hitting opening day. Mm. It was like right there, either opening day or the day after. So we just, just dove right into our best spots.
1: Now, how many spots? So, like year two, you go in there and you kill. If you guys want to listen to that podcast, we dropped it last September. I think it was last September, end of September. Uh, Tyler shot his biggest deer of his life. What did it end up scoring? Uh, one sixty one, one sixty one. Yep. Full velvet giant. Yep, twelve pointer. Yep. Go. On, I mean, you can go to the Rise YouTube channel and see that there as well. Awesome video. Just a just a stud of a deer. And Nick shot a really good one too. Yeah. End of the trip last yep. day. So you know so year two happened and it was like you you start figuring things out it starts to click you know what i mean now year three you come in what is the weather looking like when you guys are driving out there and and what what are what
3: what is the mindset (laughs) i guess uh so isaiah uh, who who was going with me for the first time to north dakota this year um he he was coming home from he works on the road lives in his fifth wheel and stuff like that so i'm like dude as early as you can go, the better. If we can get out there a couple of days before season, scout, you know, set up, you know, some cameras and stuff like that. What day was the opener? The opener was, I believe, on a Friday, September first. Okay. I believe <clears throat> we left on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. I forget what it was. We got there two days before season, which was okay. uh, which was awesome. Yep. I mean in. We didn't even go to my buddy Tyler's house. We drove straight to North Dakota. Thankfully, Isaiah drove through the night I slept, which was awesome. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at doesn't, all. No, dude. <laughs> n- not at all. Wake up. Oh, we're here already. No rice tie. That's right, dude. <laughs> he pushed through and he's like, let's work. So we never even went to the house and just started grinding, dude, and started throwing cameras out, driving the pins, setting everything up because we knew how important those two days prior to season were going to be you know, for that cold front.
1: Well, and you're year three into this now. So you have like hard and fast data on spots that, you know, okay, this is, we've got to go back to the well, like this yes, is the yes. honey hole, you know? Yes. You know how it needs to be set up. You need, you know, where cameras need to be. And I mean, you guys you are throwing corn out and everything because you can yeah. bait there. Right. And so how did that all go down? Like where, you know, did you go to those high value spots first and just get those dialed and
3: ready? We did. Um, Thankfully, I have a good buddy out there, Tyler um, Redessel. He's uh, just a buddy of mine, and we've been going, staying with him for a couple years. And He knows we're far away from home, and he, he actually ran some corn, and I actually mailed him some cameras, put them all in the mail, mailed them out there to him. Already had batteries, formatted cards, like, hey, you, you know the, where some of these pins are, but can you stick some cameras out for us? Yep. So he did that, but obviously when Isaiah and I got there, um, you know, first thing we did is hit, hit up the grain bin and got some corn and, you know, ran some corn and stuff like that. And I know a lot of guys frown upon that, but it's legal and we're there for a week and it's like, we're, we're going to do everything we can to try, try to kill a deer. You know, That's
1: the question I have. Like, what was the reasoning for doing the corn and maybe not
3: just, you know, hunting them organically? Yeah. Yeah. Um, A, I would say it turns the difficulty level down a little bit for Mm -hmm. sure. You know, you can, you can concentrate the deer to a specific area and, you know, if you're mobile hunting or not mobile hunting, I guess, if you have a corn pile, you know, which way the wind's blowing, you got an idea of where the deer come from. You can really set yourself up to where, you know, you got a lot of odds in your favor and, you know, with or without corn, it's, it's hard to kill, kill, to kill deer. So. Um, I want to make it as, as easy as I can on myself, <laughs> you know, right. try, I'm there to kill a deer. So, yep. and um, you know, me and Nick and I grinded, we had corn piles out last year and we grinded it out for 10 days, like just trying to get an opportunity. It's everyone thinks you got a corn pile. It's easy. Well, Isaiah didn't kill. Sometimes it
1: can be easy though. It, it, you know, it, it can it be very, easier. Very,
3: exactly. Yes. Yeah. Cause Isaiah, you know, he, he grinded it out this trip on corn piles and there's no dead deer for him so mm-hmm. it didn't make it that easy yeah <laughs> you know
1: but it could definitely pull or push deer to be somewhat nocturnal and also you know oh, what yeah I mean? and like you still in my opinion there is a way to bait hunt as well like you have to do things a certain way you still have to have great entry great exit yes you know and a lot of times you could be getting pinned in a tree where there might yep. be deer where you don't want to blow them so you might be in the tree for another hour until. Right. They move off after dark,
3: so it, it does pose its challenges as well. It does, and we don't we don't hunt that way. You can't you can't bait in Michigan. Mm-hmm. You can't bait in a lot of these states, Missouri that we hunt, and Kansas and or some of these places. And this is one of those early season states that just like Kentucky that allows corn. And it's like, man, we're we're a short trip. We're gonna do what we can to try to you know better our odds. Yeah. So I that, I
1: don't I don't I don't discredit you at all for doing that. I mean, there's there's so much. David and I talk about it all the time. There's so much divide in the hunting world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it's crossbow or recurve or corn pile. gun or corn pile <laughs> or mechanical fixed blade, uh, arrow weight, heavy weight. Like there's so much divide and there's so much like, you know, keyboard warriors that just like, I get it. You know, it's, it, you got the guys that like to grind it out, go in there and, and just organically hunt them. And if that's your flavor, then do it. Right. If, if hunt them how you guys hunt them is your flavor, then do it. you right. know? I've got no i've I've got no, you know, ill will to anybody and how they want to do it for sure, and honestly, if I went out there, I'd probably use corn too, right. You know what I mean? It's just like like you said, there's a there is a lot of time. I'm I, with my life, there's a lot of a lot of time invested to go out there, drive seventeen hours money. one way, money. Um, if I'm going out there to do that trip, I'm not coming back a second time just because my life right. doesn't allow that. Right. So I do want to tilt the odds in my favor any way possible legally that I can, you know 100%, what I mean? hundred percent, man. So that's where I'm at. And, and does it make me any less of a hunter? I really don't think it makes you any less of a hunter at all. Right. You know what I mean? So. The person that has a problem with it, well, that's your problem. Well, you don't, deal don't, with it.
3: Don't use corn if you've got a problem with it. That's totally fine. <laughs> that's the way I see it anyways. And, and where the divide is, is like, don't say
1: shit to you or anybody else that wants to do that. Yeah. So what? It, it is what if it is. If it's legal,
3: beagle, go do it. Yeah. This can be me being arrogant, but like, I don't need somebody's permission to tell me whether I can use it or not. <laughs> I just need the DNR to tell me what I can do. <laughs> so right. Exactly. If, if you don't like it, then don't use it. Yeah. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah. So I'm off that that rant so the no, divide the
1: divide, the, the divide has got me hot hot and heavy right now because it's just it doesn't matter what it is chevy and ford it doesn't matter it's it doesn't matter like, man whatever
3: the, the world is so wicked opinionated more than ever before and they voice their opinion about everything and it's like yeah. dude i don't care there's so many people live your their,
1: life i'm gonna stay out of it if you want my advice or anything i'll give it to you if you ask you know
3: yeah exactly dude but yeah as far as the corn piles that's <laughs> You know, we we hunt five, six states a year and that's that's the one state that we hunt over corn and it's Mm we're (laughs) sixteen hours, seventeen hours from home, and it's a week long trip and
1: it is what it is. So okay, so you're there, you're you're getting everything dialed, um
3: pictures wise, bucks, you know, what's showing up? What 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 do we got for a hit list? North Dakota had a, a horrible kill off. They had such a bad Uh, winter this year. It went all the way into almost May. They were getting pounded with snow all the way into late April. Okay. And my buddy Tyler out there is letting me know. He's like, dude, it's not looking good for this, this fall. Like he was telling me that in May because the kill off, he was telling me like 30, 40% of their deers are dead. Wow. And that's not what you want to hear, obviously. So that's not good, but we get out there, we get our spots, Tyler put some cameras and corn and stuff out. And it's, it's not like it was the year before. I would say the, the deer numbers were drastically down. Um not, not as many deer, and I can tell the quality of the deer aren't quite what they were the previous year. The previous year, we had a lot of those 140, 150. I mean, some in the, I killed the 161. Mm-hmm. So you had some, you know, big caliber deer. And this year I was like, holy cow, we have, you know, 10 cameras out. My buddy Tyler has <coughs> 10 cameras out. So we have 20 spots covered, and some of these spots are 30 minutes from home base. So, I mean, 15 minutes that way, or 30 minutes one way, like... We're covering a huge area with a lot of trail cameras trying to find mature big bucks to go after. And there's just they really weren't there. Nothing nothing in the 50s. I didn't I didn't see a single deer in the 50s on tw- really? on 20 plus cameras. So <clears throat> when you got there were there a lot of deer out of velvet already? No, nope. Uh f- almost everything was still velvet. Okay,
1: so and how much glassing did you guys do those first two days? Anything at all?
3: No. Um, it's kind of funny. I never had my binos in the truck the whole trip. Really? Yeah. And that's... A pure... That kind of changed from like year one and two because you guys glassed a lot. We glassed a ton. We glassed every morning before the sun come up, glassing, you know, crawling up to a hill and just sitting at the top of the hill, glassing over, trying to, see, you know, check ridges and stuff. And um, what I've learned, I don't know if it's just this part of North Dakota. Honestly, I think it's everywhere because we've been in three different areas now. Uh, the deer are, get shot from the truck out there Oh, really? with rifles and long distance. And if you can see a deer, let's just say you're driving on the road and you see a deer, the deer's running. No kidding. You will not see a deer standing still. Like you just won't. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the craziest thing. I mean, you'd be a mile away. You're like, is that deer? And we glass them. Oh yeah. They're all running 1.5 miles away. Draw a line. 1.5. They're running from a truck. Wow. I couldn't see. I mean, if you keep the wheels turning, like, let's say 40 mile an hour, they might stand. You slow down to like 25, pew, gone. No kidding. Yeah. So glassing from the truck, in my opinion, maybe I'm wrong. You know, this is my third year out there and I've only spent 10 days a year. So I spent 30 days in North Dakota. Someone who lives there could be like, you're doing it wrong. But for me- What's Tyler say? He says they're spooky. He says they're spooky. And that's a lot to do with the the rifles and it's- Road it's, hunters. It, road hunters. It's big, big train. I mean, and you can see like you, what's the analogy you always say? Stand on a beer can. What is it? <laughs> Yeah, you. you uh,
1: I can watch my dog run for a mile, stand a beer can, I can watch him run for two. Dude, <laughs> I love it.
3: I, I said it out there, it came to me, I was like, oh. And I said I, I said that, it was pretty funny, but that's how it is. You can see so dang far, and the deer can see just as far back. Mm-hmm. So they see a truck, and they've watched their friends and family get shot from trucks so that they don't like them. friends and family? <laughs> Jesus, sounds terrible. <laughs> it when does you put sound it that terrible.
1: <laughs> well, let's be real. Oh, so you didn't
3: glass at all. That's that's uh that's that's a different tactic. Full, fully reliant on our trail cameras. I know Byron Horton loves loves me for saying that, but uh, start <laughs> shout out to that's Brian the
1: other Horton. thing. And I'm not bashing on Byron, but it's just like it's just different flavors, man. No, just I know whatever you want to do.
3: No, I know. I just know it makes him cringe. <laughs> sorry, buddy, if you hear this, <laughs> we'll let him
1: come on and and well, he's already you know spoke as. His piece on other podcast
3: stuff, so you're, we get it. We get where he stands. Oh, for sure. I I I agree with his stance on so much stuff too. I I talk to him about it quite often. But I always tell him I'm that guy right now. Like <laughs> I got my corn piles, and my cell cameras out. Byron's turning over in his grave. Oh
1: yeah, he he. he uh, I'm surprised he talks to you. Basically, he, no, we're bro, we're <laughs> we're bros.
3: If I'm ashamed, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> you're
1: ashamed at yourself. It's like that doesn't <laughs> count. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> So you got deer showing up, but, but what, uh, what's the, the daylight activity looking
3: like? Um, decent. The couple days going into the opener you're saying? Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Nothing really like Isaiah was saying in the video, like nothing really to like no gaggers as Aaron says. Oh yeah. Gotta have a gag. No gaggers, man. It's like, dang, a lot of, you know, twenties and fifteens and, you know, a couple touching thirties and the thirties that are at night. It's like, we're relying on trail cameras, you know, because it's a short trip and you can't scout the things from the road. So it's like, you're really just banking on trail camera data. And I I don't like hunting that way. Like Mm -hmm. when I'm in Missouri, I don't even need trail cameras. I'm like you from the truck, from the hill, just set up, scout, glass, glass, glass. And that's kind of the cool thing about hunting out there too, is like everything we know here, you might as well just throw that away and learn to hunt a different way out there. Sure. So it's it's kind of cool, different flavors and different styles of hunting. So I'm not stuck to one style of hunting. You kind of just do different shit different right. states so it's, yep. kind of, it's kind of fun yeah it is
1: cool like you you have like a mixed bag you know what i mean yeah. You can pull into the north dakota bag and you're doing things a certain way come back home you do things a certain way you go to missouri a certain way and that's like you know we're going to to kansas this year and it's all big timber right you know what i mean with with some ag and everything but big timber so it's very much going to be like a different oh yeah bag for me this year you know because i do have a big timber farm here but um, and it's just a head scratcher. It's like, you want to pull your hair out, you know? And then the big
3: egg is where I like to lay. You yeah. Know? I like to, yeah, like you're, that. you're the, the glassing guy. That's your weapon, mm-hmm. the, the glass. Yeah. So you take one of your weapons away and you're like, oh
1: shit. I will tell you this too. As we sit here now, it is an October 1st as we're recording this, but so I've glassed the last, uh, 16 days in a row every morning. Nice. Okay. And I am struggling to even pull up a deer like a hare, like right now like it is a is bad 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 deal right oh no now. yeah so it's like i'm still getting you know cameras are still going off and everything nothing's really set in stone obviously i don't really have like a great pattern i've got a pattern on one buck that i, I got some tendencies i shouldn't say a pattern i got a certain wind that he's daylighting on a couple times but still it's like you know it could be a different winity daylights and you're like, well, you can throw that one out the window, right. you know, I, I thought like, I knew something, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man, every morning I'm glassing. I drive around and I glass right now. And it's like, it, uh, there's a lot of corn around. Yeah. I noticed that coming in a lot of corn and then a lot of, uh, you know, plowed up fields that with no. So it's like, I think a lot of the deer are just back in the corn before I can get around probably. And, uh, this Saturday before the opener though, like I'm going out. Before it even gets daylight, and it's I'm, I want to see where they're going back in the corn. And yeah, everything at so maybe I can get a little bead on something there. But the glass yeah. has uh
3: has not been fruitful for me. No, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. disappointing. So you got to switch to North Dakota hat and trail cameras and just bait. <laughs> oh gosh, no. Oh gosh, no. We can't do that here. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not masturbating. No, nope, not allowed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, so you've got deer showing up, but like you said, no gaggers. Um but some shooter bucks. Like what's your criteria out there? I know we've talked about it in the past, but like what what is Tripp and Tyler's trigger, you know, if night one 120-inch 8-pointer comes in full velvet, are we right are we it's, bending the limbs back?
3: I know I I don't know. It's so hard to say because I, I like to think if we have, you know, 10 spots set up my buddy tyler's got 10 spots set up I, and i could be exaggerating there might be 15 total or something but we're gonna be able to find a big deer and and you know i'm not always this way but why not target the biggest deer because we got pictures of him or mm-hmm. you know whatever the case is so um but if he's not killable <laughs> then it changes so it's like okay he's he's purely dark he has yep. never showed up in daylight you know we had a cold day in there he still didn't daylight He's either bedding really far away from where we got the camera or he's in an area that we can't hunt. So it's kind of like every, you know, I hate the word situational. It makes me gag, but situational, you know, like every situation has a different criteria based off. Of it what, does though. it, it Based yeah. off what's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's like, all right, if I'm hunting this area and I know there's a couple deer in the 20s and in the 30s, I'm like, all right, these are the deer I would shoot. These are the deer I wouldn't shoot. Um, but when the biggest one you had on camera comes in, you're like, okay, yes. No, 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 no decision needed. Yeah. That'll work. Tell me this. Uh, you know, so you guys are running a lot of
1: cameras. You got a lot of deer showing up, but in, in the last three years, do you have ever any new deer show up where it's like any, just like, Oh God, where did you come from? No, never. So basically when you get out there and you're running cameras and your buddy runs cameras for you too. So you've got a good indication of what's already out there when you get there. Usually.
3: So nothing else new is showing up once you get there? No. Really? No. I mean, I'm talking a whole, let's say three weeks, four weeks into a month. There's never a point where like, that's a new deer. There's so many deer that live here in these woodlots and this tree belt and this marsh. And there's, let's say there's five bucks and 10 does. Those are the five bucks and 10 does that live there.
1: Yeah. What is the deer density like out there? Very
3: low. Yeah. Very low. Um, there's spots that you could probably drive for miles and there's just not deer. Do you not see a lot of deer in the fields when you're driving around? No, really? Yeah, you don't see them. You do. You would think they're not there. <coughs> Dude, we're just coughing up just, a storm in here. Just
1: COVID country over here, yes. probably. <laughs> um, so you're not glassing them up, or you're not seeing them from the road, but you you talk about these like shelter belts and these these planted wood wood lot rows, basically that people are planting for wind breaks. Right. Correct.
3: And that's where the deer are living, right? Yes. And it's and it's odd too because. North Dakota has sloughs, like sloughs, like a wet area in Mm a field, essentially, you know, marsh all the way around it. And, you know, you and I both know this, that deer live in the first six feet. So if you got six foot of cover, a deer can live in it, whether it's crops, whether it's marsh, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. Right. Um, So I like to look for, you know, big marshes, like a big marsh, maybe with some standing crops, you know, hopefully touching some sort of shelter belt, tree belt. You're looking for a combination of cover. You know, where they could eat, where they could bed, where they could, you know, you're just looking for that little like combo. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that stuff you don't know from cyber scouting until you get there. You're like, hey, if this has corn back in here, by this marsh and this tree belt, this this could be good. But we're going to have to, you know, lay eyes on it and see what the crop rotation is.
1: Yeah. Um, so what are the crop rotation? Is it corn, beans, like around yeah,
3: here? Yep, yep, corn, beans, you know, pinto beans, there's a lot of those. Sometimes you get sunflowers. You know, there's, they're just very similar to Michigan. Okay.
1: Yeah. I got you.
3: Um, so then,
1: like, you're looking for something that has a lot of things coming together yeah. right there, like a like food cover and, you know, I guess you could say, like, I'd call it like a area, like maybe those shelter belts or are, are something. A travel corridor that they yes. like to use to get to somewhere else. Yes, hundred percent. So they, where that where that cover meets the shelter belt meets the food is like the dynamite spot.
3: Correct. Okay. Yeah. You know, a couple of these spots too. You get some terrain when you get a big marsh. You can get some terrain. Mm-hmm. So you get terrain. You get cover. You get you know transition area. You can get food. You can just find like a mixture that works, and you're like, yeah. So that would make sense for a deer.
1: So now knowing that, like, you're are you looking for you know, let's say let's say the road is to the south. you got the shelter belt running north and south, right, okay? Yep. halfway down it, there is a marsh. one marsh meets all that stuff. Are you obviously it'd be dumb for you to walk past it, right, right? So you yep. how far
3: are you like setting up from those marshy areas, like from the bedding? So in this instance where I shot this buck this year. It was the exact situation you're explaining. Road to the south, north and south, tree belt, halfway down, let's say it's a two-mile belt. The end of the belt goes downhill and there's a big marsh. So I have to assume a lotter at the end. Mm-hmm. And then there's also miscellaneous marshes out in the fields on the east and west. Um, so they, they could bed way to the north. They could bed on the east and west. So, yeah, like going to the very end of the belt <laughs> probably is not the right call. I mean, you, you could there, I guess, but. Halfway, you could pretty- be passing a lot of deer to get to maybe deer, yeah. You know, and, and they're probably going to stay bedded and not spook or whatever. But you're like, you know, if there's deer bedded in that belt, why walk past them, right? So, you want to get deep enough to be in the game, but not deep enough to that you just did an entire deer drive all the way down the belt, right? Yep, it, it's odd because these things are only 100 yards wide or sometimes 200 yards wide, two miles long, and it's just it's weird. It's like we don't have that here, it's weird. Yeah. so. Do you how are you playing the wind? So if
1: you have the shelter, if you have the belt that runs north and south, are are you seeing a lot of deer coming into you with the wind to their back? Like because you're trying to get the wind right for you, right? But it's got to work for the deer. But do you see
3: a lot of the deer coming to you with the wind right at their butt? They do some weird stuff out there. It it is odd because I think I could be dead wrong on this, but I think the deer out there are a lot more visual than they are with their nose. Because it's open, too. Because it's so open. Mm-hmm. So they can be like, they can just scan a mile and be like, okay, I got to go that way. Screw the wind. And I'm not saying they're always going to do that. They're, they're still a deer. They're still going to use their nose, especially coming into a corn pile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then they're definitely going to use their nose. Um, so, do they, do, they, do they treat corn piles almost like
1: a bedding spot, like a buck would J-hook into? Exactly. Really? Exactly. So yeah. how, how do you, that, that's got to be some strategic way there too. Like, how do I set up my stand to the corn to how you
3: predict that they're going to J hook into it? Like, how do you do that? So that tree belt, that situation we were talking about is like, all right, you know, we're going to hunt this on a, hopefully a good day, North, Northwest cold front wind. Okay. So it's going to be blowing out of the North. It's, it's going to blow over the corn at you. Over the corn at me. So I want to be on the South, Southeast side. Okay. So that's kind of what I'm thinking, and you know, a couple years in a row, they've they've come in from west or north northwest, and they did this big old sea. You can see the sea. Like if I took a picture on my phone and drew a line where I think the deer are gonna go, that Mm -hmm. that's where they go. It's just on both sides of the corn. Like they could do it
1: on the west, on either side. Yep. Now, now they're not hooking behind you in the wind and
3: coming in. That's the scary part. Is if you're one tree off, yeah, they are gonna go behind you. That's the scary part. So it's. You want to set up far enough away i'm trying to give myself like a 20 yard buffer from that corn pile like mm-hmm. if i was 10 yards they would be right in front of me and that happened to me the second year out there yep uh so yeah it, it, i think a lot of it's just learning experience figuring out what what they do and every deer is different that's the right. hard part you know one deer could come in and just walk in all right screw the wind for 20 yards and go straight to the corn the next year will come down the tree belt walk in when his back you're like oh shit. Well, <laughs> hopefully that don't happen <laughs> because mm-hmm. that was crazy Um, but then you notice the big mature bucks come in methodically and they come in slow and they come in careful. They analyze the situation. They look around, they walk in and they, they J hook in and closer they get to that pile, more observant they are more, they're using their nose, more, they're being careful. So it's like, if you are set up behind them and as long as you can keep that big deer in front of you, when he's J hooking, you should be good. So are you trying
1: to position something downwind behind you to where they can't get behind you? whether it's a group of trees that, that it's kind of like deter or like a deadfall, maybe
3: that would, are you looking into something like that? That would be ideal. If I mean, if you have that situation for sure, a lot of these tree belts are pretty well open, like wide open. Yeah. Um, so, so what I've just done is being like, all right, South, Southeast side of this tree belt, corn piles to the North, just make sure I'm far enough back that I can still shoot it and still be, you know, I just picture him coming and turning. Like I want to be back. So it's kind of like a, just like a, kind of a guess it is a guess too like oh yeah he he could come in and do something totally weird and i be like oh i just made a mistake gotcha okay but yeah that's that's a good tip if, if you could find a deadfall or a, anything behind you to where they can't get behind you and they gotta go that would be a great idea just kind of like deter them for getting downwind of you yeah you know yeah that's
1: so you're you're basically positioning all the deer hopefully betting like upwind of
3: you and they're going to be hooking around to come into that bait. That's what you're hoping. Um, the buck that I shot was bedded. So if I'm facing north, corn piles to the north of me here, that buck was bedded straight west in the marsh. And he, where the crops changed from beans to corn, which I kind of assumed they would run that edge because yep. it was just trails down it. He come up out of the marsh, I'm assuming, and then ran with a quartering wind as far this way as he could, you know, ran the edge of the crops, basically to my stand where he turned. So mm-hmm. he come all the way in and then Jay hook right there, boom into the corn. And now
1: did he ever get close enough to you? Cause he was at the base of your tree. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> he was yeah. at the base of your tree, licking your sticks and everything. And you, Forgot your release. Or you you lost your release. So, <laughs> well, so Tyler's doing a
3: stop, drop, and roll down at the base of the tree. <laughs> yeah, pan- panic attack, man. Like I said, we're not professionals, and we screw up. I'll show it. So if people want to- But like, you didn't show yourself rolling on the ground, though. I should have. You should have. I should have turned the camera down and like had me like blind down there. Because right. you were on all fours, right? I was, dude. The grass was <laughs> this high, and I'm like this. Oh, my gosh. like if you ever forgot your release, and you're like, I'm already here. I'm committed. Dude, uh, I've never-
1: I'm going to knock on wood.
3: Yeah. Good idea. I've never forgotten my release, dude. I'll tell you one quick story. I was in Ohio, public land, 2014, 2015. One of the deepest spots I could get to up over five ridges. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I was just so deep. I was like, deeper I get, bigger the bucks. You know, yeah. I didn't know. Anyways, get all the way back there. And I'm new to mobile hunting and get my stand, get all my stuff. No release. I'm like. Well, I'm shooting fingers today because we are not going back to the truck. (laughs) This is 2014, 2015. So I put an arrow on my bow and I was like, I'm going to shoot this leaf. I pulled a hunting public. I pulled a Ted and I'm like, let's see if I can shoot this leaf. So full draw, 20 yard, smoked this leaf with fingers. I'm like, reloaded. I'm good. Just hung hung the bow up. I'm like, never did it in my life other than being a kid, but... So that instance is running through my head in North Dakota when I can't find my release. I'm like, no, I I don't want (laughs) to shoot fingers, but I'm about to. I didn't bring a spare release to North Dakota with me. I just switched to a thumb button. Mm -hmm. Got a new vinyl harness this year and I was like, oh, there's a little zipper pocket and stuff. So I was like, I'll put my thumb button in here. This would be great. Well, when I hang my stand, what I've been doing is... I'm sure you know this, hanging a mobile set and sticks and stuff with the vinyl harness sucks. Yeah. So I pop the vinyl harness off. First yep. thing I do, yep. hung my sticks, hung my stand. I'm like, all right, sweet. I did one trip down, grabbed everything, come back up. I even did my interview in the tree. Like, all right, we're set up. We're in North Dakota. This is going to be good. And then it hit you. Put an arrow in my bow and release, gone. I'm like, wanted to puke. <laughs> <laughs> I I, last year, because I got
1: really into saddle hunting last year again and, and mobile hunting i've been doing it for a couple years now where it's just run and gun everything the vinyl harness just gets in the way i end up it buying does. like a 26 dollar um who makes it it's like
3: cords yeah They're basically yeah i don't
1: i don't even use the harness anymore yeah i have two of the nice like marsupial harnesses i don't even use just them. don't wear them nope i don't
3: yeah it could be uh, an inconvenience, you know, mobile hunting, whitetail hunting in the timber or on a field edge, like yeah. just dilly dallying with stuff. It's yeah, I, I get that. The dilly dally, I hate that. Dilly dally. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using that word a lot. Oh gosh! So you lose your release. You're you're you're, you're playing
1: Chinese fire drill at the base of the tree. You yes. get up in the tree. Now let let's get let's get into the
3: sit. Let's 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 get to the goodies here. So how I explained it to you, I was sitting, um, on the South side of this, you know, pile here. So let's say 20 yards South, Southeast side of this tree belt. And that's not ideal for a right-handed bow hunter, because if that's the case, I'd have to be on the, you know, facing East. Mm-hmm. And if I was facing east, I wouldn't be able to. Well,
1: shoot. it wouldn't be ideal for a righty. Did, for you, a say, righty. did you say yeah. a right-hander? Yeah, because
3: you're a righty, and it was set up for basically a lefty, right? A lefty. So Tyler, being green, doesn't saddle hunt. Jeez. I'm actually like anti-saddle. I get a lot of shit for that. Yes. He is. Yes. He is. We're gonna um, flip him. I've you been trying. Dude, he said
1: saddles aren't for big guys, Dude, it's, it's, yeah. Saddles are for everybody. If
3: you got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing. <laughs> just remind <laughs> myself. Remind <laughs> <laughs> No, awesome. no, you're good. I was just having to talk with myself, but yeah. So I'm up there and I'm about to face my fears here, saddle hunting, because I don't, I don't even have the right ropes and shit on. Not do it. Yeah, I have nothing against saddle yeah. hunting, by the way. I just, yeah, you do. It's it's a trend. It's it's so trendy. It's Very trendy. I, it's cool if you don't do it. Then well, you're not I cool. will say
1: mobile hunting as a whole is the big trend it, right is, now. it is it is it is dude my dad's 66 years old he is mobile hunting this year i love it like he got the whole setup that's he's, awesome he's like i'm gonna put sticks up i'm gonna take them down i'm gonna and i'm like i love that he's gonna do that but i i feel like he's gonna kill himself <laughs> Oh no! like i just like oh, no. he does good you know he practices and everything but like all i'm getting at is like it's the trendy thing so i got it my 66 year old father
3: that is on the trend now. I love you know? it. Like like I told you before, I have oppositional defiant disorders, which basically means I was spoiled as a baby. So the more <laughs> the more you want I, me, to, the more you want me to do something, the less likely I want to do it. I mean, at least you admit it. Yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> yeah. I,
3: this, that's that's what spade co- a spade. So yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to saddle hunt out of this left handed tree because he shot a buck saddle hunting. I did. It was like a lineman thing, I guess. But my new harness has like a built in saddle situation. Yep, so yep. Um, I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta shoot left. And I just, I'm like, what if I took my lineman's belt up and I just kind of adjusted. I sat in there and I was like, all right, set my knees down. I'm like, good enough works. It'll kill a deer. It's not ideal. <laughs> I don't have all the right stuff, but it'll work. You know, yep. I was like, I'm probably gonna be standing anyway. So I just kind of like put a bunch of slack in it and I'm like, yeah, this is good. This will work. So that's that's what I did. I was facing facing left, facing the corn pile in a in a saddle in a tree stand. There of. you go. Yeah.
1: So he uh you sit there, how long are you sitting there for? Deer moving
3: you had a buck come underneath you right when you were setting up. Yeah, yep. So when I was setting everything up, a buck come right down the tree belt, wind at his back, basically, walking straight north with the north wind. You know, I'm like, Oh crap, you know, nice deer, a hundred hundred inch deer, full velvet, eight point, whatever he was, and it's like, holy crap, it's like three o'clock or two thirty. Mm-hmm. I'm in there early, you know, being being mobile, filming all your hunts, everything that we're trying to do, you go in way early. Like I'm leaving like noon, one o'clock because I gotta get video at the ranger, video walking in, video setting the stand, video of you know you see how much goes into it. You know yep. that. But so I'm out there super early, bucks moving early. First buck comes through and I didn't even get video of him just because he come through so fast. Didn't stop at the car and he just, I was like holy crap. Um, after that doe come in, I think a doe come to the pile. No, buck came in next, a little 60, 70 incher full velvet, come in and got some footage of him, which was cool. And, you know, after he ate at the corn for a little bit and left, and kind of just sitting there and filming the sunset and then, you know, classic, you know, film, filming the sunset. And I got my camera on autofocus and I never run autofocus. It's actually something I'm against. I run manual, everything. DSLR has been doing it long enough to know how to run manual focus, but I'm like sunset. And I'm like, you know, you know, on the DSLR cameras, the autofocus to manual focus buttons, a loud click. Mm -hmm. Like it's like click like it would spook a deer it's that loud i'm on autofocus filming the sunset when you're talking about on the lens on the lens yes yes yes. yeah so i'm filming the sunset on (laughs) autofocus because i was like trying to touch the trees and stuff again dilly dallying with shit i shouldn't have been (laughs) dilly dallying with fiddle fucking with the camera that's right yeah and when when this buck comes in basically right underneath me like i can hear him breathing (laughs) and you didn't know it was a buck right no you figured it was yeah i mean i figured it was just I mean, it sounds funny to say, I know it was a buck by how he was breathing, but I don't know. I feel like he just, he sounded like he was big, deep breath. I could, like, oh, sounds like a buck. I don't know. You know, it's yeah, just what it yeah. sounded like. I could have been dead wrong. could have been a freaking fawn, but, um, so I'm sitting in the saddle or in a saddle technically, but just with a lineman's belt. And I tried to creep down just a peeked my head down and the, the saddle. I'm like, okay, don't move, don't look at the deer, don't blow blow this deer out because I'm trying to just be impatient and see what he is.
1: Because you have a de- you have a doe on the pile right now, so you yeah. got eyes. Like you don't want to try to move.
3: Yes, you got to be careful. Thankfully, I was up high too. uh Four sticks, two eighters. I was mm-hmm. like, base of my stand was 20 foot.
1: You want to know what I picture? Like this deer's underneath there. You know how like a dog like if they smell something he's in the like ground. i found you Something's well wrong. you know how they like roll around on their back and everything <laughs> i picture you up in the tree trying to look at this deer can't but i picture this deer down there just rolling around like a dog dude you know he, like he
3: probably was he's like why does it smell like this here because yeah. i was just like on my hands and knees right there looking for a release <laughs> oh my gosh yeah total shit show what whatever he he does like this little snort wheeze like Breath thing, and it kind of scared me. I was like, "Oh shit," you know, because he's close. You can Mm -hmm. hear him breathing, like when it when there's no wind in this tree. I mean, we got eight mile an hour wind, but in the tree belt, there's like zero. And this deer's breathing. You can hear him breathing, and you're kind of like, "Oh, I got to watch my breath too, because if I'm breathing loud, he's gonna hear me. If I can hear him, he can hear me." He does a snort wheeze, and I was like, "Oh shit!" scares the shit out of me. I'm like, "Okay, just verified. I'm pretty now. I'm ninety percent sure it's a buck, just sounded by the the loud wind puff, you know, and." and I'm sure that was him smelling everything he smelled. And my assumption was he didn't like that smell. Mm -hmm. That's my assumption. could be dead wrong, not a deer, but, um, so I still don't know what this animal is. I I'm assuming it's a buck. He's directly underneath me. I'm sitting facing the tree and I can't look down and crunch, 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 crunch. I got the GoPro run and I got my camera in both hands, I think at the time. So now I'm just like sitting there like a statue and, just crunch, crunch, crunch. I got my back to this animal. And I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm like, all right. Finally, I'm like, okay, I can almost see it. I turn my head like real slow. Because I don't know if he's staring up at me. I don't know what he's right. doing. I got my back to him. So I'm like, slow movements. I turn, turn, turn. And the second I seen this, the, what deer it was, I just seen frame. Like giant velvet frame. Oh, like, my I'm gosh. Like, oh, my God. Adrenaline dump. <laughs> you know, that was the freaking deer licking my sticks and underneath my stand. So full panic sets in and I'm like all right, got to get the camera on him, got to make sure everything's going. Again, never shot a deer out of a saddle or, you know, lineman saddle, however you want to call it. So I got my tree or a my lineman's my, saddle. What do you want to call it? It's a lineman's belt. <laughs> you
1: have you have a uh, you have a safety harness on that. You're just basically using your lineman's belt yes. to like because you said it was set up for a lefty. Yeah. So you have to set up for a righty, so basically, you're just turning around in your tree stand using the lineman's belt to hold you up, exactly. Is all you, and you're you in a tree stand still, yeah. But yeah. I got
3: my knees against a tree, yep. So I'm, I'm
1: yeah. you're saddle hunting, uh, no, you're 100% I saddle. I don't know, about you got that. You, you got knees against a tree, you're saddle hunting,
3: buddy. I'll, I'll deny it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tyler just shot a buck out of saddle, and that's that's saddle hunting. We're gonna need to cut this episode. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's it's cool. As soon as I saw what deer was, I was like that's the biggest year we had on camera in here. So freaking yeah. sweet. And, um, comes right in, you know, goes right to the corn pile turns. He's like quartering away. He's got a little broadside to him, but he's really quartering away again. Same situation from the year prior, like quartering away shot, yep. um, shoot, shooting the helix, same, same broadhead. You're shooting FJ four mm-hmm. fixed blade, heavy arrow setup. And, you know, all the archery experts would approve of my my setup so it's it's good it's lethal all the people that are divided with yes. the heavy and light arrow would, would approve they're like they read it and they're like approved yeah. so they i would get their approval their stamp of approval i'm shooting the right foc and all that stuff so anyways uh quarter away i'm like yep perfect i'm went full draw and i think his last step made him quarter just a little bit more and i was like uh, i think i'd rather be back than forward mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yep. so honestly i and i probably didn't hit him 100 percent perfect i think it hit about two inches to the right of where i initially aimed okay um so if you see the deer it looks like the arrow was like you know back in the belly but it come out the front right shoulder and that's kind of how my shot placement was too is like when you're shooting 3d archery in the summer and stuff and they got a deer hard quartering you come up that opposite leg right and that's kind of what i was doing when i was looking at my level my bubble my sight I'm looking for that other leg and I'm like, okay, I'm like, damn, that looks like I'm back, but that must be Al Hardy's corner. And so I'm looking at that front right leg and just. You're bam. looking for the exit is what you're looking, L- looking for the exit. Yep. Yep. Um, pinched a shot off, boom, hit essentially where I was aiming and went over did some dry heaving and he was dead in 30 yards. Oh, he did some dry heaving. He did some dry heaving. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and that's like, you know, you can hear him on, on camera. And he did exactly what my Ohio deer did. He goes over about fifty-two yards, and he just, uh, uh,
3: uh, you yes. know, and it's like
1: holy cow! And, and then my deer, well, I mean, there was just blood pouring out of his, his mouth, mouth oh, yeah. you know. And I'm like, holy cow! And yeah, uh, my I shot mine with an FJ2 at that year, and he just spewed
3: everywhere. Yes, yeah. I I think uh, you know a lot of guys say this, and I think I've heard you say it as well as like when you're coming in frontal. Or if you're coming in the rear end, there's so many things in there that will kill that deer. Yes. You're getting and all the goodies. All the goodies. You know, you shoot them broadside, you're aiming for one component. Right. When you shoot them quartering away, quartering two, or, or frontal, there's a lot of components you can hit. There's a lot of shit exactly. that'll kill them. Um, so when I hit him there and it come off the front right shoulder, I was like, oh, I just, you're fucked. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I just I knew it immediately.
1: I, uh, Kurt Geyer said one time this is years ago well actually ross Biggert said it from working class he's like you know you have that moment when you go full draw and you look down and the deer he might look up at you and you just say in your head you are so fucked yes <laughs> i yes. love that yes like, that's so we true. need to have we should have kurt make the t-shirt with a deer looking up at you and a guy at full draw and it just says
3: like words you are so far so fucked dot 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 yes yes, yes. Done. Yes. Kurt, make that happen. Yeah. (laughs) Please do that. No, that's awesome. So
1: shoot him. He runs off not far. Complete pass through. Full pass through, stuck in the ground. Blood, great too. FJ4, I mean, just. Oh, yeah. Blood trip. It was on
3: on the pile there, and I I, I was like, I know right where he went. It's basically to the print. I mean, this thing's only 100 yards wide. I'm hunting in this tree belt. And he jumped, you know, two, three big bounds, and that was it. So I was like, I don't even know if he made it out of the tree belt, and it's skinny. And he was dead right on the Prairie Trail, just laying right That's there. That's awesome. So, got to drive drive right down the side of the Prairie Trail, just like a road, essentially, all the way right to him. That's awesome. So, Full Velvet, um, you know what? Uh, describe him a little bit. What what was he for a deer? So he's a mainframe eight pointer, but he's got like an additional or like a like a split off of his G two that would make him a nine, mm-hmm. and then he's got the uh, extra point there on the other side. So I, technically he's a ten. Okay. So it makes him a 10, but just a big old framey eight pointer. Yep. Um, Like I told you when I took him to the taxidermist back in Michigan, I set him next to the 160 I shot last year and I'm like, oh shit, he dwarfs him. Like just the frame and the mass, he just looks way bigger than my 160. But what do you think he scored? Um, When I had my camera, I was like upper 120s, low 130s. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, he still could be that, but I think he's just one of those deer that are Big old frame, lots of mass, probably ain't going to score for shit, but he's just big. Yeah. You know, I I mean, maybe he'll go in the forties. I would, I would, I would put him mid thirties to mid forties, somewhere in that. I can't even guess him, dude. And everybody and their brother asked me, I was like, I didn't score him. And they're like, you score him. And I was like, I don't know. I just, I love it. I like the deer. And I just, I get everyone in the brothers so obsessed with score, including me sometimes. I just, it was kind of cool just to say, I didn't score that one.
1: I just asked you because. It's just How a big good visual representation of yeah. what he is. Yeah.
3: You know? So I will score him, but I say, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah.
1: No, I, I think it's awesome, man. It's a hell of a deer. And then, so Isaiah grinded it out after that. And you guys,
3: you came close, didn't you? Did you so, come close? So he could have killed two bigger deer than the one I killed opening night. He had them come in. So this is the first, I, we got new cameras this year. We bought new Canon R8s. Mm-hmm. And when he spins his dial it spins like the luminance level or what is that it's, the what level I, i'm trying to think what it is you got you know your shutter speed and your iso what's the third one it's like light it's like, light. It's like fake light your f-stop well so no well, that that, not, not that, that would be like your iso or the, your
1: iso well fake light your iso obviously you know as the as it's like bright sun out, you want it to be a low number right, right like 100 yeah you know and then you got your
3: shutter which you always want to double your frame rate right so that would be like... So it was none of those. It wasn't f-stop, wasn't shutter speed, wasn't any of that. There's a, It was spinning like a brightness level on his camera. It was something I'd never seen. Hmm. It was. It said negative two to positive two. Oh,
1: okay. You know okay. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, I do. I don't know the name for it, it right now. Is it um, lumerance
3: level? Is that what it's called? I don't know. We probably should know this. It, it, it might be... So you know what I'm talking about. I don't ever deal with that. I don't either. Like, like, it's don't not even supposed to be on that. your screen. Yeah. Like, I don't use that. that. That, like... Makes stuff grainy. I wonder if he uh, like hit a button not knowing it and it like selected that and that was what his dial was selected to. We've been messing with that because Michael bought the same camera, has the same camera and his is perfect and Isaiah's was messed up. So I was supposed to look at it before the hunt and I'm like, it's good, dude. Just crank your ISO if it gets dark. Mm -hmm. And it's well inside of shooting light and he has both of his deer come in and you would think it's midnight and it's shooting light. Like they're really yeah, because I have the cell cam. I'm already I already killed one. I'm I'm like on the cell camera. I'm like, oh, he's got shooters in there. Like yeah. right right now. And Isaiah texts me, too dark. I'm like, Too dark? What's up? You know, he's a like, camera's pitch black, dude. He's like, I can barely see my pins. It's still in shooting time, but it's too dark. Oh my gosh. And they are big deer, bigger than the one I killed. Two of them in there. Wow. Right? And um it sucked. It's not he, he kinda had a hard uh <laughs> go to because that was a spot that nick and i hunted nick missed a giant out of that spot last year the previous year in 22 it's a spot we call dorothy's just because nick was hunting and he's like oh, we're not in Dor or not in kansas anymore yep. toto or something so we call it dorothy's but the only tree in there north dakota's super slim picking on trees is a giant cottonwood like one that takes two full straps to get your first stick on so i had to give isaiah like another strap another you know, what you're getting into is, hell, Nick and I were ready to fist flight at the base of the tree getting in this thing, <laughs> you know, so not really, but I basically didn't want to get in the tree and Nick did, whatever. So in the trail camera, so you got the trail camera, the corn pile, and then the cottonwood in the picture of the shooter buck, you know, like I said, shooter box there and Isaiah is two sticks high or a stick and a half high in the saddle. So you can see Isaiah like around the tree in the giant cottonwood oh, with gosh. the shooter right there and the trail oh. cam photos. I'm like, shoot! What are you doing? <laughs> but it was too dark; he couldn't see, and the camera screwed him too. Oh my gosh, that sucks! <laughs> it it was not Isaiah's fault. It was it was purely just camera. I mean, it, he he could have shot him with low light; it would, probably would have sucked. But yeah, hmm. we were like, we got a full trip. You yeah. know, if he did it now, we'll just be smart about it. Don't shoot him. Don't make a questionable shot and wound a deer. Just wait. So, you know? did
1: you film him after that? Then, yeah, after you yeah. for a couple of days and yeah. still nothing.
3: So the cold front day was opening day. And then from there for the next four days, it was getting warmer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, we're going to grind it out in the Sahara desert. Here we go. It's going to be hot every day. It's going to get hotter and it's going to be hotter. We set some new spots. We actually, you know, did, did as much scouting as you could, you know, trying to set everything up. And yeah, I was camera guy for the next four or five days and we got into some bucks. Um, the one day we went in after a, a pretty nice deer and the two bucks that were with him came in. The one buck was probably a hundred plus inch deer and come right in, read the script. And Isaiah's like, I kept waiting for you to look at me to shoot him. And I was like, <laughs> I never did. I ne- It was funny. I just committed to the shot. And he's like, you never even looked at me like, are you going to shoot this thing? And I just, oh. I was like, no. And I don't think he would have shot it anyway, but yeah. he was surprised I didn't try to twist his arm. That's funny. Uh, so we had a little bit of a tough go, just the rest of the trip. We sat through some rain fronts, like some storms, actually, scary storms, really like come on, they'll move after this rain, come on and just sit through it, and they moved, but not the shooter bucks.
1: Hmm. so well, it sounds like you guys had a good trip, otherwise, I mean, we did got into the deer and 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 you know you you just built more intel for the you know the the years to come exactly so. It's a staple that you're going to, I'm just going to have to jump in the back of the truck one of these years. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to have
3: to, man. It, it's a blast. And um, and there's a lot of spots. It's. Um, I don't want to put North Dakota on blast because I don't want everybody and their brother going there. But right. from where we're at, which is classified, um, you know, everywhere within a half an hour, I didn't see a trail camera, a hunter, a truck or nothing. I was like, Dude, we just own this whole state right now. Like, yeah. it's just ours. Like, yeah,
1: do not give that away. I don't even know where you're going. Good. So,
3: you don't need to know.
1: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, we'll blindfold I'm you. I'm going to have like truck. a, I'm going to have a, a spy car going to be following you the whole <laughs> time gosh. out there next year. <laughs> nice. You're going to show up and here's this little guy in this little like, uh, little Ford Focus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, dude. that's, that's good though. That's, uh, that's fun. I mean, you killed a really good deer. You got yeah. the year started off great for yourself. Now, what's, uh, what's the plans going forward the
3: rest of the fall? The fall is crazy. Um, you know, like I said, we got four of us. Mm-hmm. But for myself, uh, we went to Missouri. I come home from North Dakota and went straight to Missouri. I don't know how much you want to get into that, save that for a different yeah, day. Yeah, we'll save
1: that for a different day.
3: G- good thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's long-winded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I went to Missouri, went out there, had that trip, and back home. And we are home from now until October 5th. Um, we did get an intern, hired an intern. Oh, he did. He actually, he actually works for America's best post drinks. Oh, nice. His his name's Brian Miller. Cool. Um, he's starting Saturday. Awesome. He's moving into my house, living in my camper for three months. (laughs) Yeah. So he he starts here soon, which is pretty cool. He's a big fan of you, by the way. Oh gosh. Yeah. He's a big fan of you. His name's Brian. Brian. Hmm.
1: Yep. Uh, Did he, he wasn't the one I met in a parking lot in Kentucky, (laughs) is he?
3: (laughs) I don't know. This is a wild
1: story. No, it's not. His name is, oh gosh, I can't remember. Now, darn it, I feel bad because he might listen to this and now I can't remember. I'm sorry, if I cannot remember your name now. I'd have to ask Bryant. But anyway, we're down in Kentucky while you guys were in North Dakota and I was filming. And uh we're in this parking lot in the public land and you're going to go in. And all of a sudden, here comes this guy walking down. I don't recognize him. And, uh... Jake was talking to him, so I went over and talked to him. I'm like, "Hey, man, Aaron Blythe, nice to meet you." And he goes, "Aaron, hey, what's going on?" And I'm like, "Not too much, nice, man. Yeah, well, how are you? Yeah, like, what the heck do I know you? Like, <laughs> yeah." He goes, "I love your podcast, man." He's like, "I work for America's Best Bowstrings." And I'm like, "Oh, really, dude? I wonder and, if it is the same guy." Uh, I don't think it is. I it's um. Let's get into it after record. Off yeah, record. yeah. I cannot remember his name now. I don't want to give away. Anything that might give away a spot or something like that, so but anyway, he went in there and actually, I think he shot a deer that night in there, but it was kind of neat. Like, he, I'm you know, met him and he seemed like a really nice guy. Oh, that's cool! So, yeah, that's pretty neat. Very cool, man. How's the intern working
3: out so far? I mean, he's not, he hasn't moved in yet. No, he hasn't moved in yet. He went to Missouri with me and did food plots. (coughs) Um, so that was kind of like our trial run. I was like, dude, uh I was like, no pressure, no commitments. You want to go to Missouri? I'm going to do food plots. Let's make sure we can tolerate each other for mm-hmm. a weekend, let alone a whole fall. Um, and yeah, he's a good, dude. Awesome, dude. 18 years old and young, like, young. And um, like I said, he works for Abb and Helix, and you know, they're like, yeah, he's a great guy. He's an awesome, dude. And so, so he's an Ohio guy, then. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And um, yeah, he's leaving home. He's moving up here Saturday, dude. He's wow com- coming up for three months, which is. It's exciting for us, but it's exciting for an 18 year old kid too. That's pretty cool,
1: dude. If I had that option, when I was eight. Well, I was going to college to play baseball at that time, so like, I don't know if I would have taken that. But like, looking back at it now, I'm like, that'd
3: been hard pressed to not do. It'd be pretty cool, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be beneficial for us, you know, having essentially a dedicated camera guy when mm-hmm. when we need him, and um, you know, he's willing to learn. That's the biggest thing. I, I kept telling him in Missouri, like, if you're gonna come do this, I I want you to be able to accept the information. Like, I want you to come here to learn and want to learn. And he does, he, he actually good. wants to learn. He wants to learn cameras. He wants to learn computers and editing and photos. And I'm like, dude, I enjoy teaching people that are willing to learn. Yeah. So, so I think it's going to be really, I'm optimistic, but I think it's going to be a good fit.
1: Are you going to set up like a edit bay in the camper too and stuff like that? Yeah. So we,
3: we travel with the camper quite a bit in the fall. Um, but, yeah, um, in my office and then also in the barn, which is, like, fully converted. Yep, it's, um, that's right. So we got we got lots of place. And he's going to be jumping back between, you know, me and Nick. And, you know, he might be running over here to film Isaiah or running to film Nick or running to film Michael or, um, you know, running with me for, to Missouri for the week and then coming back and going right with Nick. Or Sweet. He might be all over the place. I'm not really too sure. We're going to. He's going he's gonna to have his hands full. I don't know if he knows what he signed up for <laughs> yet, but. <laughs> That's awesome. So you got Missouri and then anything else? Uh, For me, I got Missouri. Obviously, Michigan starts. So October 1st to October 5th, I'm going to hunt Michigan because mm-hmm. we got that red moon. Yep. It, it sucks it's going to be warm, but it's going to be red moon, which is good. Yeah. So 1st through the 5th, I'll be in Michigan. Um, October 6th, I'm going to Wisconsin. It's uh, the XOP. Oh, yeah. They have public yep. land camp yep. out there. So I'm going to share camp with those guys. Uh, Don't have like high hopes of killing a giant or anything. Mm -hmm. Public land, I've never scouted it. Going in blind early October. It's kind of like an early October hunt you've done. Yep. Public land stuff. So um, a doe or an 80-inch buck might be in trouble. I don't know. Um, But but I'm more or less just excited to to share camp with those guys and, and to do that. But that'll be October 6th through the, I don't know, 10th or 12th or something. See the XOP guys come back to Michigan. And then from there, my plans open in October, depending on, you know, what's going on in Michigan, what's going on in Missouri, what's going on, you know, it's it's wide open. Cool.
1: Yeah. That, that red moon thing. So people are going to, they're going to hear this before this comes out, but so I don't know if I told you this, but, um, so I've documented all my buck kills since 2008. Yeah. Yeah. So and I've never been like a moon believer, like I, I it's not that I don't believe in the moon. it's just that I really don't put a ton of stock in it. I don't Yeah. No. so I'm with you. I do buy a moon guide every year, and I look at it, but then I don't look at it, and it's like, so I got a hanker the other night, and I'm like well i'm gonna I'm gonna go back because in the in the app of the Moon Guide, you can go back for years and see when the red moons were, right, And I wanted to put correlation to the bucks that I've killed over i've killed i think 22 bucks since 2008 and that's a sweet flex by the way but <laughs> I, I, I didn't think it was that much actually i've killed
3: 112 deer by <laughs> anyways that's not important i'm, I'm a slayer <laughs> i'm just kidding I just wanted. all to right i'm it. gonna cut it out now that was funny i'm sorry I wasn't trying to flex. i just roasted you
1: but anyway um out of those deer out of those bucks i went back and and did all the numbers like, so the red moon happens like check the dates checked all the day. Cause I wrote down all the dates when I killed the deer on a spreadsheet and I've been, it's been a running tally.
3: Dude, I need to do that. That'd be cool to yeah. look.
1: So I, I've, I've got some pretty cool data on the even like, I'll, I'll do the pressure, the wind, the weather, what if, whether it's precip or anything like that. And then I do like the moon phase that it's in. And no kidding. I've killed more deer on a, um, I think it's a waning crescent moon. I think okay. it was, I can't remember, but okay. like a quite a bit more deer. So, anyway, I go back and I look for the red moon dates, and dude, staggering. Really? Staggering what? number. I've killed 68% of my bucks on a red moon. Really? And, like, so the red moon, hap- when it happens, it happens for like seven days, plus or minus. Right, a like, a, like a week essentially. It's like a week, yeah. And so then I broke down on what day of the red moon I killed most of my bucks on. 49% of my bucks. I've killed
3: on the second day of the red moon. So which would be Wednesday of this upcoming week.
1: Cause um, it
0: starts
3: Monday. Yeah. Uh, oh, a Tuesday, then, Tuesday, 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 Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so
1: I'm like, Holy crap. Like those numbers are a lot higher than I thought they were going to be. And it's probably something I should probably actually pay attention to. Yeah.
3: yeah. I've heard a lot of guys talk about, you know, the red moon, but it has to uh, correspond like with the weather. <laughs> so that's my next thing is like, I need to, go back and
1: look the red moon and how the weather was at the time. Yes. Um, and see if there's any correlations there because my, my data was all over the spectrum. I've killed bucks October 1st. I've killed bucks January 14th. So in December, I've killed him. I've killed him in mid October. I've killed him in November. Matter of fact, I don't know if the red moon really means anything during the rut, but like the hambino was not on a red moon. Okay. Um, But I'd have to go back and look. Uh, That's really interesting, Trying to think. It was just, David and I broke it down in a podcast a little bit. And like I said, I don't know enough about it to really, like, talk high level on it. But I will say it's something I'm going to be paying attention to. And I will say another thing. So, like, the red moon happens for, like, seven days, give or take. So, days one through four, I've killed all my bucks but one. Really? So days five, six, I've never killed a deer on. And day seven, I killed one deer on. So like all my bucks that I've killed, I don't know what the percentage is, has happened either on the first day of the red moon, second day, third day, or fourth day. Majority of them, 49% of them on the second day. Really?
3: And then after the fourth day, it's nothing but one. So my question to you is, is that a full moon? Does it go into a full moon, red moon? Like during the red moon, I don't know that. i, I have to go. look. I know, like Juries always preach, like the the two days that you know coincide the or c- come into that the come full, into the come, full moon the two and then days the, after. Yes. So yeah. I I wonder if that that red moon has some if it's full. So we're, we're two guys that know nothing well, about moon. <laughs> the thing is, is is
1: we're kind of doing this out of order because I'm recording a podcast with David tonight, and we're gonna be talking about this. So oh, whoops, my <laughs> answers could be like you could listen to the podcast David and I are gonna do. When it goes live, and this one's gonna go after, and you're gonna be like, "Well, wait a second, you knew all about it the other day." I got and it's you. like, but we're recording them out of order. Okay, so um, let me go to my my spreadsheet here and see if I can dial something up on my phone. But um, yeah, it's I really have to. I think I can dive in deeper on this. Um, so I will say uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've killed more bucks on a waning. Is it waning? Waning gibbous or gibbous moon. Okay. Which is a three quarter moon right after a full moon.
3: Right after. So
1: like full moon. moon just happened and it's coming back so down. A couple but it's of like, days after. Yes. Yeah. But I've killed eight, so I've killed nine, and I've killed eight bucks on a waxing crescent, which a waxing crescent moon is a uh, quarter, it's a quarter moon right after a new moon. Okay. So, right. Who knows?
3: Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to get into it. Yeah, for sure, but, man. Like you said, the moon guy thing, like, I've had one of those in the past long, I don't know, a few years ago or something, I was like, all right, what's today, October 16th, Nothing. Yeah, that thing don't matter anyway. Going hunting, and then the days that it was like, oh, it's gonna be good. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be good. So it's just like we kind of believe what we want to believe in a lot exactly. of ways.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, I will say as I'm pulling it up here, give me a hot second. I will say that as you guys are listening to this right now, it is the second day of the red moon right now. So getting a tree. So right now it's Tuesday, October third. It's, we're in the second day of the red moon right now.
3: That's awesome. Yeah. So you probably kill a deer tonight.
1: If, uh, I don't think I can hunt tonight. If I'm, if I'm looking ahead, I don't think I can hunt on Tuesday (laughs) night. But, um, so the, the, the red moons in October right now are October 2nd through the 7th, October 17th through the 21st and October 30th through November, like 5th ish, I think somewhere in there. Okay. So. If everybody wants to know. And I'm going to break that down. Like I said, David and I are going to break that down a little bit in a podcast that's actually going before this. So Okay. are <laughs> so, so they already understand it. Yeah.
3: They should already understand and have heard it. They're already edumacated by now. Yeah. So. Perfect.
1: Well, cool, man. Let's uh, cut this loose. I appreciate yeah. you coming up here and doing it. Yeah.
3: Thanks for having me on, man. I had, yeah. I had fun for sure. Let everybody know again where they can see everything and where they can watch it and, and hit all your socials up. For sure, man. Uh, just search The Rise Hunt. It's on Carbon TV, uh, YouTube, Instagram the old TikTok. we're pretty much across all the platforms you can google the rise hunt cool thank you guys very much uh thank you
1: tyler again for coming up man um thank you everybody for all the downloads all the support go to itunes leave a five-star rating leave a written review do the same thing on spotify and good luck out there this fall hopefully you guys are enjoying everything don't forget we are doing the season 23 updates Uh, as we hunt david and i are dropping those updates and we're kind of every episode we're going to be looking ahead to maybe two or three days ahead or four or five days ahead with the weather and the wind moon phase if you're into that and kind of what we're going to be doing so there's a little bit of meat on the bone there as well so you guys might be able to take a little bit of that information and apply it to your own situation so thank you guys very much and we'll be right here next time on the fall podcast